this time, trying to gear the choices for the, the selections towards her, her knowledge a bit. DJ Krev, are you there? Yep. So I would say, is this based on the database he uses? Yeah, all those. Yeah, yeah. First of all, though, are you aware how it works, basically? That was going to be the first question. Yeah, I listened to the podcast he did with my dad where he okay. guessed it. Good, good, good. Okay, so basically just listing uh, five albums from the most popular to the most obscure, uh, A, B, C, D, E. And uh, the selections for this week are things that you mentioned before and things that we've talked about uh, in the in our scheduled digression on Tiny Desks. So uh, album A is Zentropy by Frankie Cosmos from 2014. Album B is Fist and Palm by Bellows from 2016. Uh, album C is OK, which is our pick, your pick for this episode by Eskimo or Gabby's World from 2015. Album D is The Glow Part 2 by The Microphones. Album E is Crushing by Julia Jacqueline from 2019. So which do you think are well known and which do you think are not so much? What would you rank the albums? And you can ask for more info about who, who some of them are. are the glow, the microphones? Okay, so I uh, we're going to say in the episode that uh, many people have described Eskimo or Gabby's world as a lo-fi artist. Microphones were founded by a guy named Phil Elverum, who made a, a seminal uh, record label, uh, Elverum and Son, which is uh, the home of another pick on previously on Out of Obscurity. And uh, they are considered, uh, I don't know, if not the be-all, end-all, certainly one of the masters of uh, lo-fi music. That's All a bit right. of a hint, I guess. <laughs> I guess I'll say Julia Jacqueline and then the microphones, and then Frankie Cosmos, then OK, and then Bellows. OK. You are very uh, in line with Julia Jacqueline being being popular. And I, I the hint gave away the, uh, the microphones. The microphones are actually number one. They have uh, 1,192 ratings. And that is several orders of magnitude, uh, almost 10 times more popular than Julia Jacqueline, actually. So does that surprise you? I mean, not necessarily because I'm not that familiar with the microphones. So, well, you 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 thought was, that Julia Jacqueline was quite popular. Well, it's not that I don't. I don't think she's less popular because I heard that. I just think the microphones are more popular. But then I hadn't heard of them, so it's not like surprising. So I'm not familiar with the comparison logistically. Sure. Okay. Fair enough. The others are also uh, Frankie Cosmos at uh, at number three had 67, so about half as many as Julia Jacqueline. And then our picks in the Epic Collective, and we'll talk about what this means for uh, being critically acclaimed, but also still obscure for hipster hipsterdom. Uh, Eskimo and Bellows are correct. You're correct. Are the least with uh, only 10 and six ratings down at the bottom. So that makes the answers E D A C B. How does it feel to be dipping into the the world of uh, hipster obscurity? So I feel like I've honestly been listening to that album for like two or three years. Mm -hmm. And Frankie Cosmos I've known about for a bit. So I don't feel as much as I'm dipping or just kind of revisiting it. (laughs) I mean, I do feel like I listen to obscure stuff sometimes. Like, I'll listen to original song videos on YouTube with, like, a thousand views, or I'll, like... Like, I was just listening to this artist today called Claude, who isn't very popular, but they worked with Claro and Phoebe Bridges, so I thought that was, you know, cool. And they had, like, 300 followers on Amazon Music. Mm -hmm. 
No, but I think it's super cool to listen to different types of things. And something I've said about modern music, which I think a lot of like people that aren't that into music will say, oh, music has gotten a lot worse in the last 20 years, right? Hmm. And my response to that is popular music has, mainstream top pop has, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think a lot of obscure artists or artists that aren't very popular then are better than maybe some obscure artists were in the 80s or there's just so much variety of stuff people don't know about, you know, that only listen to music. So I think it's super cool to listen to stuff that isn't that popular, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think I listen to a lot of like not popular modern stuff and then hits from 30 years ago, I'd say. Sounds fair. Funny. Yeah. Can you tell us, uh, tell us a little bit about Frankie Cosmos, how you feel about, uh, pretty, pretty highly rated albums, Entropy. I I, I can't say that I, I, loved it or anything so what do you what do you think i uh haven't liked really any of her records except next thing but i Mm. did know she's more popular than gabby's world just based on the fact that gabby's world emerged kind of from her band so Mm. that's just kind of why i put that above that i've always really liked outside with the cuties fool the what was the one that had the too dark too dark i really like and there's tons of others off that album I really like. I think she has a nice, calm style. I feel like over time, I've started to like Gabby's World more than her, because I think Frankie Cosmos gets more annoying faster, just somehow to me. I can't really <laughs> listen to her whole, whole album, you know, because okay. I think it's... Maybe it's her voice, actually, that I like less. It's a little higher, it has a little less range, so I think I just get tired of it faster mm-hmm. than when i listen to okay compared to next thing but mm-hmm. i i do like her i like how she has a lot of electric guitars in her songs and i think she has a lot of cool bridges actually i only listened to the to that one album and i i would agree that it was lo-fi whereas eskimo gabby's world i'm not so sure i would i would put in that category do you have any thoughts on on lo-fi either of you what, i uh, like lo-fi. what that means um i listened to this artist claro who's probably considered like indie pop bedroom lo-fi there's this band Tama Impala. Is that how you say it? Oh, okay. Something I like that. Tame, kind of okay. Tama Impala. Yeah, you're right. You're actually right. Okay. No <laughs> um, but listen to them quite a bit. I guess that could be considered lo-fi, maybe. No, I think it's hard to listen to an entire lo-fi album. I can think of like two lo-fi albums that I just listen to straight. But mm. I think Gabby's World is leaning more rock. I think they rock out more. Just, like, I agree. Yeah. Like even the end of I admit I'm scared or something is a little too intense to say lo-fi, you know. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. DJ Keep Rumi, do you have any thoughts on lo-fi you'd like to share? When does it cross yeah, the line? It, it's not a genre I've I've thought about or or pursued too diligently. Maybe the the most lo-fi group I've returned to the, the the most to the extent I'm uh I'm aware of the genre is is guided by voices. Oh sure. The, yeah. Uh, yeah, the kind of Ohio garage rock band. The things that artists are able to do on a really low budget, because we'll we'll get to this later, but I think OK is a really kind of beautifully mixed album for a presumably low budget. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean a lot of guided by voices albums, you know, sounds like it's a couple guys with a you know on on a analog four track recorder. Sure, so sure. yeah, what are your uh, your top lo-fi hits? I think uh, just to, to respond to Guided by Voices there, too, I think they, they also fall into the category of rocking a little too hard. You have this assumption <clears throat> that lo-fi is going to be, you know, uh, headphone 
recordings, like you said, on four, on a four track. And so that anytime you anytime you get loud or rocking, you kind of go into more garage rock, I would say, than, than lo-fi. And yeah, I, I had heard the microphones, and I thought uh, they were. Uh, let's see, that the album before that it was hot. We stayed in the water. I actually. Uh, you know, liked it okay, but eventually sold it in my my most impecunious days after college, because I didn't think it was that great. But uh, apparently, the internet disagrees, and the microphones are just really a be all end all. Had you heard of them, <laughs> Keep Rumi? No, actually, no, I don't think so. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, so they were there. I don't know why they're so incredibly, <clears throat> incredibly popular on on All Music Guide. And uh, my own personal lo-fi preference would probably be the Spanish uh, lady named Moose, who I think uh, was an option for this uh, the coming episode. I wouldn't say it's necessarily a, a, a favorite of mine by any means. I, I like actually production, and I like uh, elaborate, <clears throat> elaborate arrangements and lots of different instruments, which I think is still possible on a lo-fi album. It's just that it doesn't have a lot of uh, bells and whistles. I guess is is quite the uh, the main requirement. I think so I, an album that my dad forgot to mention he may like more is Age of Odds by Sufjan Stevens. Oh. Soul Stevens, however you say mm-hmm. that, uh, you like that a lot, and that's kind of lo-fi. Yeah, some of yeah, some of his stuff also has that you know the really simple production values. Pretty synthesizer. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And bass. So we really love him. I think mm-hmm. I probably more like lo-fi music than my dad, actually. Interestingly enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, I I think that Sufjan Stevens has uh, gone all over the map, and I think his some of his earlier earlier stuff, the Seven Swans album, I thought was a lot more uh, restrained. And uh, certainly not a pop album. Can I ask one more question, DJ Kariv? Yeah. To to conclude this this quiz, what do you consider an obscure album? What do you what are your standards for what is well known, what is obscure, and how do you how do, can you measure it objectively, or is it just your opinion? I'd say if you haven't had a track that is extremely popular, like Beach Bunny, probably if it weren't for Brom Clean, I'd say they're obscure, but they had a song that was like in the Billboard Top 100. So how are you going to say that's obscure under any circumstances, right? So Mm -hmm. I feel like you can't have any big single that was this huge smashing success. For me, obscure, it would be something where I'd be 100% sure anyone I told about it probably hadn't heard of it, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. So I don't think I really have a system in my brain. It's just probably like anything you know people wouldn't have heard of, probably. Sure. You feel in your heart is like a special discovery you've made, kind of, uh-huh. you know? That's good. It makes you feel special. <laughs> and you would yeah. be the one introducing it to other people. And they would be impressed with you. And therefore, you would bask in the glow of your discovery. Yes. <laughs> and they, and they, people would respect you for your tastes and so forth after introducing it to them. <laughs> We have in the past suggested something called the mom test, where if your parents have heard of it, then it's not obscure. I don't know if that works as well for your dad. What do you think? I don't think that works as all for my dad at all. And my mom, I would say, probably knows about like 50 bands. So So there's a real split there. (laughs) Yeah. There's, uh, like I said, it's almost impossible to tell my dad, hey, I've heard of this band and he hasn't heard of it. It's incredible to me, actually. <laughs> he's, he's, the response will be, yeah, and I've gone to their concert. <laughs> <laughs> that is the correct response, and uh, keep that up by all means. 